and welcome to Permanently Resident, a podcast about the ups and downs of living abroad. My name is Robin. I'm from Brighton, England, and I'm living in rich uh, San Leandro, California. <laughs> I hope you're not living in Richmond. You're about to get shot. <laughs> That's probably what will happen. Uh, this is uh, Jose. I'm living in uh, Tokyo, and I'm from Simi Valley, California. So welcome to uh, episode 28. Uh, today we're talking about millennials. Uh, yes. As both Jose and I are millennials, we're going to talk about some uh, stereotypes, how true they are for us, how true they are in general. So uh, let's jump in. I've, I've grabbed the lids, uh, a list from BuzzFeed.com uh, yeah. with some typical uh, stereotypes. Uh, yeah. So let's talk about the first one. Actually, we were talking about marriage today, so this is a good one. Stereotype mm. number one, millennials don't want to settle down and get married. That sounds like you, doesn't it? It, it, sounds, it definitely sounds like me. Um, I'm, I'm one of those millennials always grappling, overthinking marriage, uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, it, it doesn't sound like you. Uh, you're, you're about to become uh, vastly experienced, a two-time, two-time person in marriage. So maybe, <laughs> maybe it doesn't fit for everybody, uh, you know. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I got married, I guess, kind of young for people yeah. in my generation 25 yeah um but i think i probably would have waited but you know the circumstances pushed me into it so. you mean you wanted a visa or what does that mean well i mean i ha- i had to to uh you know stay together with the person i was with right so that was that was it either do it or or end it so wait what <laughs> got totally lost you, you needed to get married or she was about to dump you? No, but our rela- I mean, if I if I didn't come here, then our relationship would have ended, right? So, wow, so you're saying you needed to get married for the visa? Yeah, but that makes it sound very <laughs> cyn- that makes it sound very cynical. Right? I needed to get married for the relationship, otherwise, it, the relationship was over. Right? The, go- the government isn't listening to this. Robin came here on, a, on a, one of those marriage visa marriages. <laughs> No, 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 no. I deny everything. <laughs> all right, all right. Anyway, let's go to the next one. Wait, but do you think do you think it's true though? I mean, I think. Do you think it's true? Um, I think for most of most of the people I know have either not got married or have got married after this, after think thirty. I think it's more connected to not the desire, but maybe the economics. Maybe like um, yeah. maybe maybe you could buy a house then let's get married. But a lot of people can't buy houses, yeah. which I think will come up later in the list. So they don't make that step to get married. Yeah, that's probably true. I think, yeah, I think that's right. They don't have the financial security, not necessarily, not necessarily. They don't want to. Mm-hmm. So stereotype number two on that point, millennials can't afford to buy homes. True. Yeah. That's, uh, that's definitely, uh, me. Um, but uh, I hope to, you know, save up and change that. Yeah, it, it is getting increasingly tougher to actually own a home, isn't it? Well, it depends where you are. I mean, where you're from, where you live, where yeah. I'm from, where I live. Yeah, I mean, it's incredibly difficult for somebody, even if they have a decent salary. I mean, yeah. you know, a house is going to cost 10 times annual salary, sometimes more than that. So... You know, it's just, yeah. it's difficult to even think about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about in Tokyo? Is that even, a, is that even something you can think about? 
Um, yeah, it, I mean, it's it's tough, but you just have to get a loan. You just have to, you know, I, I can't do it by myself probably because I don't think I could get a loan in Tokyo. Um, I would probably need to be married and and have uh, my wife do it. And then, yeah, just pay together, both be working and pay it off. And I guess we could probably do it. Uh, the thing with buying a house though in Tokyo is uh, anything affordable is not in Tokyo. Anything affordable is outside of Tokyo. So mm-hmm. we'd have to travel maybe like 40 minutes to, into Tokyo type of thing. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, you can't live in San Francisco, right? I mean, we could, but we choose not to just because it's, you know, we've got other priorities. Yeah, yeah. So it's much better, save money, have more space. Uh, and just make that commute into the city and maybe buy, buy a house a little outside of Tokyo might be achievable. Mm, okay. Yeah. All right, well, let's take a look at the next one then, uh, a little bit more lighthearted. Millennials love avocados. Oh, man. Um, I, I love avocados. I, I love guacamole. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I love, in general, I love avocados. I don't put avocado on toast or something like that, but... Um, yeah, in general. What what about you? I find this one a bit weird because, yeah, I, I mean, I do like avocados, but I don't have them all the time. But yeah. everybody loves avocados, don't they? I mean, uh, I don't think it's a millennial thing. That's not true. Not everyone loves avocados. You, a lot of, in Japan especially, a lot of people, like, will kind of, their face will crunch up when you offer them, like, an avocado or something like that. So, All right. Well, I was going to say, People, at least people, people of all ages in California love avocados. I mean, I know there's a like avocado toast meme or whatever, but uh, yeah, that's California though. I mean, California is like what fifty percent Latino, so <laughs> most people just out of the yes. gate are gonna like avocados. So, well, I think that I think the I think the thing about avocado toast though is it's more of a yeah it's kind of represents the stereotype that millennials waste all of their money on useless, useless garbage. Right. So yeah. Do you think that's, do you think that's true? I've never had avocado toast. That's such a, like a hipster dish, isn't it? Like, yeah, it sounds like a waste. Um, But But you've wasted your money on other things. That's the point, right? Yeah, well, I'm a master of wasting money, so you don't need to ask, you don't need to ask me about. I think I bought a about a hundred dollars of video game points like two nights ago. <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't the best use of cash there to use, buy virtual money. We use real money to buy virtual money, <laughs> and then poorly spend and manage the virtual money, and then basically not much to show for it there. So uh, yeah. Okay, there we go. So another stereotype that you don't have any skills in managing your money. Uh, <laughs> what about this one? In stereotype number four, uh, millennials find dates online instead of in the real world. True um, or false? I've been known to use the apps in the past and back in the heyday. I've been known to the heyday. <laughs> right now is the heyday, isn't it? No, no, no. Right now is uh, the committed days. The committed days. No, 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 no. Oh, you mean the heyday of your life rather than the heyday of the apps. All right. Got it. I mean, the, the heyday of dating, I guess. Uh, right. um, so, yeah, I mean, why why cut off other venues? I mean, you can use apps. You can use, like, emails. You can use uh, websites. You can use 
in person in the coffee shop. You can use, hey, what's up at the bar? Like, right, so what, what percentage yeah. of dates have you been on, do you think, that started online versus in, in real life? Oh, wow. Um, maybe 70, 30. 70 online, 30 in person, or 80, uh, okay. 20. Right. But definitely, I, I've I've definitely tried to do things in person. I mean, just online is really convenient, I guess. Yeah. I guess I guess I missed I guess I missed a lot of that. So you didn't you didn't do any of the online stuff. I mean, I have done. That's how I met Megumi. But the vast majority, the vast majority of uh, dates I've been on have been through friends or just meeting people or. Okay. you know different ways well maybe my friends didn't want to recommend me so <laughs> that's what happened there I was, not, <laughs> I was not recommended by friends well i definitely wouldn't recommend i wouldn't inflict you upon a nice young lady so that's probably what it was um resort to other means i don't know i mean this is another conversation but i find that there's something incredibly easy but also incredibly difficult about online dating right I mean, it's a it's a mixed bag, right? Like, you just meet like these people, and you can know within ten minutes, oh, this is shit, and then you got to scramble to to like end this in like within an hour, right? Um, and then there's times when they probably meet you and they think, oh, this is shit, and they're scrambling to get out of it within an hour. And and there's times when it goes really fun. There's times, you know, it's adventurous. Um, yeah, it's just a mixed bag, I think. Okay, so it sounds like you're fulfilling the stereotype there. Um, stereotype number six, millennials can't survive a day without their phones. Um, I'm, not, I'm not so much of a phone person, but I, I really can't survive without Wi-Fi. Like, I, I would want to access my laptop or I would want to access my PlayStation online or... Or yeah, even maybe even my phone. So not not really the phone, but the lack of Wi-Fi, I think would drive me a little nuts. Um, well, what do you yeah. what do you what do you need then? You can't what can't you survive without the Wi-Fi? I'm saying, it's not, but it's not Wi-Fi itself, right? Like, what do you need the Wi-Fi to do? Need the Wi-Fi to browse online, like websites, uh, sports, sports scores, uh, chat with friends. Um, check my emails watch youtube get on playstation online i think you mean, you, you mean at home though right watch netflix uh yeah definitely at home um like i said uh, i'm more i'm not really the guy who needs a phone because i need to check some facebook bullshit that's not me yeah i'm definitely the person who i don't want to go stay in this hotel if there's no wi-fi Mm, okay. See, I've, obviously I'm dependent on Wi-Fi too, but I, I yeah. mostly enjoy it when I have the opportunity not to be connected. So, you know, okay. freq- frequently I won't take my phone with me when I'm going out. I see, I see. Um, so I guess well, I'm atypical in that way. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. I think you and Akari too, you guys are, are people that can be without your phones or without Wi-Fi more, more than I. Mm-hmm. But also, at the same time, I'm not obsessive, like, checking my social media. I, that's not me. I could, hey, let's go hiking. No problem. Like, I could be without it for, like, seven hours. I don't care. Um, oh, seven hours. <laughs> 
but but the thing is for my work it's really hard to disconnect because sometimes i i really need to have my phone with me because things are like the other night someone's having an interview at 7 p.m they're having connection issues what if i just shut off after work and didn't check that stuff you know i couldn't be there to uh you know sort things out or uh kind of help uh the interviewer get in touch with the in, the candidate so sometimes in my job it, you can't really shut off you need to like keep an eye on the phone even when you're technically out of work so that's something that keeps me attached to my work phone yeah well that's some that's something a little bit different right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so okay. related to that and social media stereotype number seven yeah. Social media has turned millennials into a bunch of narcissists constantly seeking validation. Yeah, social media is a is a dumpster fire. Um, I'm not on board with it at all. I'm not well suited for it. I'm I speak way too directly to to function. <laughs> like uh, to be honest with you, like right after George Floyd was, you know, I guess you know passed away, killed, murdered. Depends how you look at it. Like, I, I wrote something like, okay, you guys need to calm down. Like, you know, this guy, he, he put a knife to a woman's belly. Like, you know, he, he's not like a saint. Like, you know, relax. Like, let, let's, let's think about all the different angles. And then everyone on social media just coming at me from, like, 50 different angles. And, uh, yeah, I, I didn't care. But I, I really realized, yeah, it's really um, – mm, if, you, if you say what's on your mind or you speak really directly on social media – yeah, I think people just have personas on social media is what I'm getting at. People uh, build, build like certain personas and, and craft posts. And I don't think anyone's really genuine on social media. Uh, they're just trying to cultivate some kind of uh, reputation, some kind of image of themselves for whoever they feel is watching them, right? So that that's not me. I just say, I say what I want. I don't cultivate anything and... Um, you know, so for me, social media is, I'm not a user of it. I don't like it. I think it's mostly disingenuous. I don't think anything productive comes out of it. Um, that's just my general stance. What do you, what do you think? Well, I don't really like social media either. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm on there just because I was going to say I have to be, I don't have to be, but you know, it does have some utility, but I'm definitely, you know, I might log into my Facebook once every month, you know? something like yeah. that. And, you know, I know this stereotype about millennials, but it seems to me like younger generations, you know, they're, they are the ones Gen Z or whatever you want to call them. Those are, those are the people that are really plugged into social media and they've grown up with it. You yeah. know, I didn't, I didn't have a social media profile when I was younger, when I was a teenager. Right. So yeah. I feel like that's something that, came along later and it's not so ingrained in who I am or, you know, how I acted when I was younger, but for people who get, you know, start using social media when they're, you know, eight, yeah. nine, 10 years old, you know, it's like becomes ingrained into who you are. I think. So people just need that high. They need that like, they need that comment. Like the thing, the thing that really drives me nuts, like I, I mentioned already about social media is like, I, I have my cousin, he's a professor in a, the United States, indigenous uh, languages and culture, uh, Incan type of ind indigenous, indigenous, sorry, indigenous uh, languages and culture. And I'll have a conversation with him where it's like Skype or Zoom. 
and and he'll be like kind of real he'll like say like like i don't know he's just talking about like transgender or something and he he's having this really like nuanced thoughtful conversation trying to look at every angle give his honest weight weighing in on his opinion and then on social media i see him just like marching to the the drumbeat of the left and saying whatever needs to be said and and then i'm like well, why do you post those kinds of things like why don't you just say your your actual opinions and he's like well if i did that you know i work at a university i have to maintain this i'm like all right well at that point for me social media is just bullshit yeah but i mean i think something that's interesting about that is you know people presenting it like it's different than than other things yeah. but people people still do that in real life and people have always done that right they're they're yeah. holding their opinions uh, you know they're not stating their um you know their true beliefs because they want to conform right and you know that's obviously yeah. amplified with social media and it's made it worse but that yeah. didn't come about because of social media Sure. But with social media, it's like, it's one thing to hold your opinions in real life, but with social media is I'm crafting and creating opinions in a persona. So I'm actually putting effort to, to make this uh, image of myself and I'm actually, uh, you know, writing these posts down. So it's different than holding your opinion. It's like, you're, you're just, uh, you know, creating a persona. Why, why are you making, taking the energy to do that? Cause you want likes. Cause you want, you want people to pat you on the back. Like it's, it's a little different, I think, than just holding your opinion in, in real life. No, but I'm saying what you've just described, yeah. people do that in real life too, right? Like they craft a persona. Okay. Yeah. Uh, at work or in their social circles or in their family or whatever it might be. Okay. So social media is just amplifying that. I'd say so. Yeah. And also, I mean, it, it allows people to, to share their opinions instantaneously, right? Whereas, you know, I yeah. think in the past, maybe you'd, you'd see something on the news and then, or in the newspaper or a friend would tell you or something like that. And then you'd have a little bit of time to reflect. Right now you see something and then you can just repost it or react to it immediately without, without being forced to have any time to reflect on it or analyze what's going on. Well, I think also the thing with social media is you could easily block out the opinions you don't want to hear. And then you, you start to just gather with people or friends or that have like minds. And then you, you really start to believe, you know, in your opinion and in your thought process because you've blocked out all all opposing views. So I think that's mm -hmm. another of social media, which I see a lot of people getting trapped into. That's true too. So I think that's generally true, but unfortunately it seems like we've avoided that to some extent. Let's take a look at uh, stereotype number eight then. Millennials should choose, choose to live with their parents instead of finding a place of their own. Uh, <laughs> sounds, sounds like you when you were younger, doesn't it? I chose to live with my parents? You, li you lived with your mother for a long time, didn't you? Not really. I mean, I got out of the house at like 23. Oh yeah, I mean that's later than than the average, isn't it? Kicked out at eighteen, get out. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I've been living on my own in different countries since I'm twenty three years old. So I mean, I've not lived with my mother since I'm twenty three, and I'm thirty seven now. So, uh, 
But yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it just comes back down to financials, right? If anything. How about yeah. you? You were, you were out of the house at 18? We're good? Uh, I left when I was 19. Um, uh, I stayed a little while with my mom since then, but I think the maximum has been like maybe six weeks, something like that. Okay. So I, I, I haven't once I've lived with her since then. How about your bro? He's, he's a typical millennial, isn't he? He's, he stayed at the at the nest a little longer. Uh, yeah, I think he spent a little bit more time living living at home after uh, okay. after he turned eighteen. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think uh, I, I mean, I think that's you yeah. know, I, I don't, I think that's like you said, it's just a reflection of reality, you know. Like, you know, if you graduated like I did 2010 and you couldn't find a job or whatever, then, you know, what what else were you supposed to do? You know, no jobs, you know, high, higher cost of living than in the past, higher rents, higher house prices. Like what other option was there really? Yeah, I mean, I, I would not look down on someone if they needed to stay a little extra with their parents. It's fine. I mean, maybe maybe the the better the best thing to do would be to contribute or pay some kind of rent or something like that. But. So, how much did you contribute when you were at home? Me, <laughs> almost nothing. <laughs> oh, the truth is coming out now. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's I think that's kind of rolled in with the stereotype that millennials are lazy, but I think it's just more of more of a reflection of the changing world, right? And necessities. Yeah. Uh, so stereotype number nine, um, millennials were raised in a world of participation trophies and expect rewards for every little thing they do. And this is one that's always confused me a bit. Maybe this is more of an American thing with the participation yeah. trophies. Um, oh, man. I mean, yeah, you know, I think the the objective is to make everyone feel good or inclusive, but uh, I mean, there there's scoreboards, man. There's scoreboards in life. I mean, even in my job, there's a scoreboard. My whole job is a scoreboard. <laughs> you know, like I, you have to bill, you have to bring in money, you have to do it, and uh, you know, it, the the it's right there for everyone to see. I'm not gonna get a participation trophy, right? I'm gonna either win or lose, and. I think building building competitiveness to an extent is really important. Um, yeah. Of course, like, you know, not everything is win-lose. Sometimes it's, uh, it is how you played the game. It is effort. It is, uh, you know, you, you, you did other things which are really positive and you couldn't win. Okay. Those things can be recognized, but but they don't need to be recognized in a trophy. They can be recognized by a coach or a parent or, you know, uh, I think that's good enough. Um, did you, was that your experience growing up though? I never received a participation trophy growing up. I either, I, it, it completely devalues your, your accomplishments, I think, or it's sure. So I think this is a little bit of a kind of a false stereotype because as far as I, as far as I'm concerned, like I didn't yeah. grow up in a world of participation trophies. Well, um, that's the last five, five to ten years, probably. Yeah, but that's a new generation, right? We're talking about millennials. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, I, I always found that one a bit odd. And I mean, even when there were kind of like, okay, everybody gets uh, something, it was like everybody knew. Everybody knew who was the best. Everybody knew who was the most popular, the most attractive, or the most successful. Like, it wasn't like, you know, even when somebody, you know, even when it wasn't like, okay, there's no winners. Everybody knew who was who was coming out on top. It wasn't a secret. Right? I mean, you're, you're competitive, right? Do you want to do you want to like uh, write a good paper, or do you want to write a paper that's better than your peers? What's more important to you? Um, you want to write the best paper. You hesitated. It's obvious. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know I was I was going to say that I don't consider myself to be a particularly competitive person. I mean, mm. I. You know, I want I want to write something that's objectively good. It doesn't have to be better than other people's. If everybody writes a great paper, then then great. But okay, um, okay. So you don't you're not you're not so competitive. No, I mean that's one of the reasons I don't especially like sports, either watching or playing them, because yeah. you know I feel I see people getting really worked up, and I feel like that's a big motivation. And you know, when I play sports, I'm not really that motivated to win and, mm. and so i just feel like that takes away a bit of the excitement Mm-mm-mm. yeah i'm opposite i like to win or maybe i i don't like to lose maybe that's the better way to put it yeah i mean obviously losing doesn't feel good so i don't know i always found this one about participation trophies to be a bit mm. a bit strange i mean well anyway. maybe it's a newer thing probably yeah. All right. What about stereotype number 10? Ready to list. Millennials are lazy AF. Lazy as fuck? Um, let's see. I, I mean, I'm pretty lazy, but I'm also hardworking. So I don't know. I'm, it depends on the, the situation. I'm just well, an unbalanced person. Either I'm working hard or I'm being super lazy. <laughs> I don't would- know. There's in no which, in between. In which areas are you hardworking? Which areas are you lazy? I mean, I'm hardworking in my job. Like, I I sit there and I try to focus for, like, six hours straight or seven hours straight if I can do it, you know. I, I really yeah. try to focus. And if I need to work overtime, I'll work a few hours of overtime. And I work on the weekend yeah. if I need to. So, it's uh, – I think I put great effort into my, my job. And I think I'm really concentrated at work. I, I never like check my social media or some bullshit like that at work. I'm just really concentrating. So uh, yeah, I think I'm I'm hardworking in that respect. What what about you? And w- which respect do you think you're hardworking? I mean, I wouldn't consider myself to be especially hardworking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think a leisurely gentleman. <laughs> you know, I put I put in the effort when. I need to, um, you know, but I don't find any, any pleasure in overachieving. (laughs) I see. I see. Maybe, maybe I work better with targets and that's why I can do what I do. And maybe you don't work with targets. You're, you work in a different style, but you still work hard in your own way. I'm sure. I mean, when I when I have the the times when I work hard on something is when um, you know when it's a personally important for me or it's a personal goal, then yeah. sure, I'm willing to put in the effort. And so, I mean, I'd say in that way, this is 
this is one of the stereotypes where I, I would, you know, I, I do fit into that. Right? Uh, uh-huh. I don't, I'm not, you know, I'm not turning up to do the nine to five and put in the overtime. Um, yeah. You know, my career isn't everything. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's not, you know, not like maybe our parents' generation where, you know, it's like, okay, you, you've got to focus on the career. That's going to be the number one priority. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm also a little hardworking because I did my MBA while I was working. So that wasn't that easy. I had to put effort into that. So, But uh, but I think the the side where I'm, I'm lazy is probably at home. I don't like to, like, wash and clean and do this or that. Like, I'm very procrastinating about that type of stuff um yeah i guess oh. i'm lazy lazy with housework oh that sounds like a bad trait in japan doesn't it? <laughs> could be could be i'll just sit down if, if i have nothing to do and i'll just watch netflix for five hours on a saturday so uh, i'm definitely lazy in some ways all right yeah. well let's let's take a look at this final stereotype then yeah millennials don't vote Oh shit! Um, yeah, millennials do a lot of talking, but they don't do a lot of voting, huh? Yeah, I mean, I think that's just if you if you look back over time, no, I mean that's typical. Younger people of every generation um, didn't vote as much as older people, and there are various reasons for that. I mean, the most obvious one is like over sixty fives generally have more time to go and vote. Well, um, well, now they use the they use the whole corona the whole corona excuse to make everything by mail, right? So now all the millennials are voting, right? Because all they need to do is like write something, check something, sign something, send it in, right? They don't even need to like scan their ID. It was it was like really simplistic, wasn't it? Uh, well, I just got in the general election twenty twenty. I just got a ballot in the mail, and uh, I just had to sign it, and that was it. That is, you didn't have to do anything with your ID. No, I mean, I don't understand that. Like, uh, I, I'm just not like you. You at least photocopy your ID or or send. <laughs> I have. I it goes beyond my comprehension how you could just sign something and. It's you. Like, what, what I mean, you? that's how, that's how it got. I mean, that's the system in the UK, and it has been for a long time. You don't have to have an ID. You don't have to have an ID to vote. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, I think everything got is getting made more simplistic. And if it does, if it goes into your smartphone, you can vote that way or something. Then, of course, millennials voting will pick up. Just millennials don't want to get off their ass, make a line, wait three hours, and vote. That's all. All right. Well, have you have you voted? Uh, I didn't vote in the last election because I'm overseas and also voting for Donald Trump, which I would have, uh, would have been completely ineffective if we're using the electoral system in California. So I don't know. Maybe that's not a good way to think. Like you you just put in your vote. And if everyone has that mindset of not even trying, then I know things don't change. But I definitely had that mindset. I'm like, well, California is a blue state. I'm not even going to bother with this. I mean, that's fair enough, isn't it? I mean, especially in the presidential election. Yeah. All right. So that's, that's the, that's our final stereotype from, uh, from this list. So let's, uh, let's finish off with a little rating on a scale of one to 10. 
how millennial are you? Probably six, six or seven at the most. Six or yeah. seven? Oh, that's that's putting out the maybe six. I'll go with six. Yeah, I think I'd probably give myself a five. I think there are maybe some other stereotypes that aren't on this list that I'd fall into more. But uh, yeah, I, I'd say five. Yeah. Well, it's good to know we're not useless millennials completely. So. Well, I'm useless, but I'm just not a useless millennial. <laughs> Doing my millennial bullshit, let me buy uh, another hundred dollars worth of game coins. <laughs> I mean, I feel like in in game or in app purchases is something again that's more yeah. closely associated with uh, you know Gen Z, isn't it? Okay, okay. Like, so uh, I have Gen Z tendencies and millennial tendencies, <laughs> like uh, Minecraft and. What's it called? Roblox or Roblox? I don't even know what it's, how to say that, but that's that's very popular among the youngsters nowadays. Isn't it? Well, the thing is, they're, they're preying on my competitive juices, and I can't compete unless I spend hours on the game, and obviously I can't spend hours on the game because I'm working like a dog, and I work on weekends sometimes, so that that's dead. So how to close the competitive gap? Okay, if you want, you know, a strong team, you better fucking open the wallet. Otherwise, you're going to lose. So they're just preying on my competitive juices, right? Well, I'm glad you found a justification for yourself. (laughs) Or I could be like Robin and just I'm playing to enjoy the game, but, you know, that's not going to (laughs) fly. I mean, I play play some video games sometimes, but I'm not, you know. I'm not going to spend a hundred dollars on an in-game purchase. That's for sure. Because you're not trying to win. <laughs> I, know. I can't even remember. The only game I've played recently has been FIFA, and I lose every single time. So. Okay. Yeah, they. It used to be like just you know play the game, and your skill determines it. Now it's like play the game plus skill plus how much time and money have you invested into building your team, which yeah. is a huge you know determines. You know, it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Smart. Well, they've sucked two in, so it must be working. Uh, not only me. They suck, they suck some people in for thousands of dollars every season. All right. Well, on that note, uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you've got any questions, comments, or uh, anything else, then you can send it over to uh, permanentlyres, that's R-E-S, at gmail.com. And uh, we'll hear from you next time. Yeah, tell us what your millennial rating is. See you next time.